Good morning. Today is one of those surprise days where we have more than one hero to talk about. We're going to talk about Helaman and Shiblon. So let's start with Helaman. Helaman is the eldest son of Alma the Younger. In our studies today, we're going to see a father talking with a son and offering testimony, counsel, and direction. Helaman was a great man. He was both the leading high priest of his generation and a military hero. You've heard of him, the armies of Helaman, the stripling warriors. Well, in verse 47 of chapter 37, Alma gave Helaman charge over the sacred things. And among these were the plates of brass, the sacred Nephite records, the 24 Jaredite plates, the interpreters, and the Lahona. His aging father commanded him to take his place as a spiritual leader among the people. In that verse, he tells him, See that ye look to God and live. Go unto this people and declare the word and be sober. My son, farewell. Helaman and his brethren exercised exceedingly great care over the church, for they were high priests over the church. Now beyond things that are sacred, Helaman looked over and had a sacred duty to the people, the stripling warriors, which he referred to as his sons. He led and held close his sacred stewardship over them. Our battle-ready scripture for Helaman is Alma 37, verses 16 through 17. But if you keep the commandments of God and do with these things which are sacred according to that which the Lord hath commanded you, for you must appeal unto the Lord for all things whatsoever ye must do with them, behold, no power of earth or hell can take them from you. For God is powerful to the fulfilling of all his words, for he will fulfill all his promises which he shall make unto you, for he has fulfilled his promises which he made unto our fathers. Now think about it. What sacred things do we have in our life? Things that we need to watch over so that no power of earth or hell can take them from us. Our relationships with our family our sacred covenants that we've made with God, the scriptures we have. These are all sacred things in our lives. How do we treat these things? Our battle-ready words for Helaman will be faithful stewardship. Now consider these things that I just mentioned as I read to you this parable of the silverware given in General Conference, April 2003, by S. Burton Howard. We started as poor college students, but her, he's talking about his wife's, vision of our marriage was exemplified by a set of silverware. As is common today, when we married, she registered with a local department store. Instead of listing all the pots and pans and appliances we needed and hoped to receive, she chose another course. She asked for silverware. She chose a pattern and the number of place settings and listed knives, forks, and spoons on the wedding registry and nothing else. No towels, no toasters, no television, just knives, forks, and spoons. The wedding came and went. Our friends and parents' friends gave gifts. We departed for our brief honeymoon and decided to open the presents when we returned. 
When we did so, we were shocked. There was not a single knife or fork in the lot. We joked about it and went on with our lives. Two children came along while we were in law school. We had no money to spare, but when my wife worked as a part-time election judge or when someone gave her a few dollars for her birthday, she would quietly set it aside and when she'd had enough, she would go to town to buy a fork or a spoon. It took us several years to accumulate enough pieces to use them. When we finally had service for four, we began to invite some of our friends for dinner. Before they came, we would have a little discussion in our kitchen. Which utensils would we use? The battered and misshaped, mismatched stainless? Or the special silverware? In those days, I would often vote for the stainless. It was a lot easier. You could just throw it in the dishwasher after a meal and it took care of itself. The silver, on the other hand, was a lot of work. My wife had it hidden away under the bed where it could not be found easily by a burglar. She had insisted that I buy a tarnish-free cloth to wrap it in. Each piece was in a separate pocket and it was no easy task to assemble all the pieces. When the silver was used, it had to be hand-washed and dried so that it would not spot and put back in the pocket so it would not tarnish and wrapped up and carefully hidden again so it would not get stolen. If any tarnish was discovered, I was sent to buy silver polish and together we carefully rubbed the stains away. Over the years, we added to the set and I watched with amazement how she cared for the silver. My wife was never one to get easily, to get angry easily. However, I remember the day when one of our children somehow got a hold of one of the silver forks and wanted to use it to dig up in the backyard. That attempt was met with a fiery glare and a warning not to even think about it, ever. I noticed that the silverware never went to many war dinners she cooked, or never accompanied the many meals she made and sent to others who were sick or needy. It never went on picnics, it never went camping, in fact, it never went anywhere. And as time went by, it didn't even come to the table very often. Some of our friends were weighed in the balance, found wanting, and didn't even know it. And they got the stainless when they came to dinner. The time came when we were called to go on a mission. I arrived home one day and was told I had to rent a safe deposit box for the silver. She didn't want to take it with us. She didn't want to leave it behind and she didn't want to lose it. For years, I thought she was just a little bit eccentric, and then one day I realized that she had known for a long time something that I was just beginning to understand. If you want something to last forever, you treat it differently. You shield it and protect it. You never abuse it. You don't expose it to the elements. You don't make it common or ordinary. If it ever becomes tarnished, you lovingly polish it until it gleams like new. It becomes special because you have made it so, and it grows more beautiful and precious as time goes by. So consider that. How do you treat the scriptures or the relationship with your family? Do you treat your temple covenants with special attention and care? 
Helaman was asked to watch over sacred things. We too have sacred things to watch over. So our next hero is Shiblon. Shiblon was described in Alma 63.2 this way, a just man, and he did walk uprightly before God. He did observe to do good continually to keep the commandments of the Lord his God. Our battle-ready scripture for this good man is found in Alma 38.3. Alma speaking, and he says, I have had great joy in thee already because of thy faithfulness and thy diligence and thy patience and thy long-suffering among the people of the Zoramites. Mormon describes Shiblon as a valiant servant of the Lord responsible for bringing great blessings to the people. In the year 56 BC, Shiblon received the sacred records from his older brother, Helaman, whom he succeeded as head of the church. Our battle-ready words for Shiblon are faithful, diligent, patient, long-suffering. Now the challenge picture this week, please post a picture to the challenge text group of anything that you think goes well with this discussion that we just had and tell us why you chose that. Well, have a great week, everyone. And remember to always follow the Savior's admonition to come follow me.